Good evening, and welcome to your turkey-basting podcast. I'm just kidding. Good evening, it's the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast. Film noir. It's been interesting, and I hope last night you'd, you enjoyed Notorious from 1946. I know I did. It's been a while since I've seen Notorious. But the beauty and the movement of that film, you know, it just doesn't leave you. It's, it's amazing. Ah, you know, there's so much that we could talk about. I mean, femme fatales. Eva Gardner knows about playing femme fatales. You know, she was in The Killers. Yeah, or The Killer. <laughs> what an interesting character, huh? Interesting. There was so much going on within film noir. You know, some of the films in the 80s trying to, trying to go to film noir. You know, the stylistic look, the characters. I, I know that Eastwood, when he did Bird, you know, there's a little bit of it in there. I mean, okay. We, here, here's, a, here's just a kind of a brief list of the films in the 1980s, neo-noir films, okay? Let's see what's going on in the 19... The Long Good Friday from 1980. Cutter's Way. Mm-hmm. Nighthawks. Thief. Bad Boys. Oh, look. Is that Sean Penn? <laughs> Blood Simple. The Blood Simple is the first, you know, Coen Brothers film from 1984. Also introduced us to Francis McDormand. To Live and Die in L.A. William Friedkin. Pick uh, 52 Pickup. John Frankenheimer. Yeah. <laughs> At Close Range. At Close Range is an interesting movie. Christopher Walken delivers one of his best performances of his legendary career as a rural Pennsylvania crime boss who welcomes his son, played by Sean Penn, into his illegal business. In this film, based on the real-life events, despite despite being a box office failure in its day, at close range is an American classic highlighted by superb acting. Also, the fact that Madonna's Live to Tell is from this movie. Blue Velvet. We talked about Blue Velvet. David Lynch. Yeah. Much has been written and discussed about Lynch's unique story of a college student drawn into the dark world of brutality that lies beneath the wholesome facade of his hometown. Dennis Hopper's driven performance as the twisted kidnapper, Frank Booth, should have netted the actor an Academy Award nomination for Best Supporting Actor. Instead, Hopper received that accolade for his work that year in David Asimba's Hoosiers, a far more safe and Academy-friendly choice. Well, now I don't think the Academy is so safe. Manhunter, which is basically from the the novel uh, Red Dragon by Thomas Harris. Bestseller. Extreme Prejudice Lethal Weapon Really? You would consider that film noir Neo-noir Okay Moving on No Way Out Okay The Big Heat Okay Black Rain Interesting Hit List (laughs) The Killer Oh, John Woo Violent Cop yeah, there, there's there's a lot, and then if we look at a list, 
Because, you know, it's continuous. Film noir in the 1990s. 1990s, you know, you've got grunge, you've got hip-hop. Music itself is changing. Ah. Here we go. Neo-noir. Okay. Ah, seven. Yeah. Uh, King of New York. Q&A. State of Grace. Sean Penn again. You know, there's something about Sean Penn. Come on. Film noir or neo-noir. Point break. Point break. The Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> yeah. Full contact. I'm just reading through them. Hard-boiled. Jennifer 8. Reservoir Dogs. Yep. Quentin Tarantino. It's no secret that the spine of Tarantino's work is made up of bits and pieces of other films. That's true. While that is certainly true of Tarantino's debut feature about a diamond robbery gone wrong, Reservoir Dogs manages to integrate elements from many films, including Stanley Kubrick's The Killing, Joseph Sargent's The Taking of Film, uh, Fahem 2, 3, Ringo's Lamb, City on Fire, and emerges a satisfying film with its own u- uh, life, unlike the rest of the highly lauded screenwriters, directors, other work. High praise goes to the film's great ensemble. Yep. Carlito's Way, Brian De Palma. Interesting choice. Malice. Malice is also an interesting choice. Leon the Professional. Yep. Yep. I wouldn't consider Natalie Portman a femme fatale, though. That's going a little far. You know. The, the 90s were an interesting time. Ah, Heat. Okay, Michael Mann. All right. Seven, David Fincher. You know, when we talked about the girl with the dragon tattoo, I, I did that because, you know, Seven is a perfect example of a screenwriter's vision making it to the screen, and the result is a dark classic about a pair of detectives searching for a murderer whose grotesque crimes are inspired by the seven deadly sins of Christianity. Oh, my. While Coats are Brad Pitt's performance may be mediocre, Morgan Freeman's screen presence and subtle power are undeniable in one of the most revered actors' best performances. Screenwriter Walker's work would get less, f- far less favorable treatment courtesy of Joel Schumacher's rewrites on the 1999 8mm. 7's incredibly atmospheric cinematography by Darius Kunju was highly influential. That's true. Yeah. Insomnia, insomnia. Oh my. Oh, the remake directed by Christopher Nolan. Yes. The films have been, uh, okay. Easily eclipsing the softened American remake directed by Christopher Nolan in 2002, the original Insomnia features a fabulous performance by international screen star Stellan Skarsgård as a corrupt cop stricken with the melee of the film's title who becomes involved in an unusual relationship with a murderer. Films that have become known as Scandinavian Nor or Nordic Nor. Hello. Yeah. I love Nordic. Oh my goodness. Are well known today in the wake of success of the Girl with the Dragon Tattoo trilogy and Morton Bellin's Headhunters. But this was not the case in 1997. Insomnia is set apart by the fact it was not adapted from a novel, as most films in the Scandinavian Nor category are, is an absolute must-see for anyone interested in the dark crime films from that part of the world or neo-noir films in general. Okay. Heaven. 
Heaven is interesting. Martin Donovan, yes. Twilight. Not the vampire movie. Okay. Twilight's interesting. Didn't do very well. Director Robert Benton, best known for Kramer versus Kramer in Places in the Heart, as well as his co-screenwriting work on Arthur Penn's Bonnie and Clyde, tries to bring the feel of the 1970s neo-noir to the late 1990s and succeeds with Twilight. Paul Newman delivers an underrated performance as a private detective who becomes entangled in a murder connected to a 20-year-old missing persons case. Newman is surrounded by a great cast in the film, including Gene Hackman, Susan Sarandon, and James Garner. Neo Noir. And then we come to where we're at now. Neo Noir in the 2000s. The 2000s have been interesting as we move into the 2020s. Neo Noir. Ah, there this is this is an interesting list. Sin City, the man who wasn't there, Brick. Before the Devil Knows You're Dead, Sidney Lumet, Sexy Beast. Infernal Affairs, or Internal Affairs, which is basically what um, The Departed is based off of. The Dark Knight, Memento, Mulholland Drive, Batman Begins, Minority Report, God. It's The Salton Sea. The Salton Sea is an interesting movie. I actually enjoyed it, and I'll tell you why. Salton Sea. You know, Val Kilmer sadly has not had a. The poor guy had uh, throat cancer or tongue cancer. Oh my! Mm. Didn't do very well. I gave it a mixed review. <laughs> there's there's a lot going on in the Sultan Sea. I I really enjoyed it. Neo Noir, directed by DJ Caruso. Val Kilmer, Vincent D'Onofrio, Adam Goldberg, Louis Guzman, Doug Hutchinson, Anthony LaPaglia, Glenn Plummer, Peter Skarsgård, Deborah Cara Unger, Chandra West, and B.D. Wong. Cinematography by Amire. Let's see. Let's see how you say his name. Oh, oh great. Now my Bluetooth is on. We don't want that. Is it going to do it? Amira Makri, um, who is the cinematographer. <laughs> this is this is interesting. The budget was eighteen million and made about one million. I hope they're lying. Uh, Roger Ebert. Roger Ebert gave it a mixed review. Okay, interesting. A lot of mixed reviews. I I enjoyed it. You know, it, it's a film noir. It's a neo noir. You know. Um, and then if we go to the 2010s where we include the girl with the dragon tattoo. Okay, here we go. Neo Noir in the 2010s Blue Rain Ruin. Man from Reno. Okay. The, the town um no Ben Affleck. Blue Coal Thin Ice. Okay. A lot of European films. Victoria not about Queen Victoria. Um, Looper. Okay. Interesting. Drive. Nightcrawler. Okay. Alright. I heard that was good. Glass Chin. <laughs> 
Inherent vice. Um, my inherent vice. Well, when it's Joaquin Phoenix and Paul Thomas Anderson, yeah, it's it's noir. It's noir. Isn't that interesting? Now that you know, Joaquin Phoenix is this Academy Award winner for Joker. You know, even though it's a comic book movie, we're going to talk about that. And you know, I want to highlight it. Noir aspects. Okay. Oh. Here we go. Because, you know, the look and feel. Ah, here we go. Yeah. The aesthetics of anxiety. How Todd Phillips' Joker plays brings... Uh, plays uh, brings back 1970s neo noir. That's true. Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. Yes. Say what you will about Joker. If you thought it was hyped up, I'm going to tell you something. Yeah, it's it's brutal. It's brutal to watch. You can tell it's in the 1980s. I mean, it's just dripping with craziness. It's, it's like unhinged. Okay. Noir cinema was back, coaxed out of its slippery uh, 1940s trappings, which had become stylized to the point of the cliche of vibe more at home in the 1970s than ever, inviting us into the fractured lives of outsiders and malcontents and criminals for whom authority is inherently corrupt, and every anti-hero's journey begin, leads to the abyss. The studios were ready to try anything. Oh, yeah. Dark day afternoon. Okay. Alright. There there are some noir aspects to the Joker movie. Yeah. Okay, I like this. Uh, uh, Joker is the origin story of its fictionalized character. This neo-noir film designed as a psycho-thriller is dedicated to all those who have been ignored by the system. Okay. Yep. There's a, a moment... Where the, I'm not going to spoil it because I know some of you haven't seen Joker, surprisingly enough. Where he does something bad. And he runs and, you know, disposes of the evidence and does this weird dance to this musical classical soundtrack. There's so much and more in that performance. And the look and feel of Joker is truly film noir. And as always, unpleasant dreams. We're stopping right there.